Peace be to you. Henry the Cobbling Bee. Let us begin with a question. Welcome to Curiously Catholic and Evangelion Production. In this podcast, we're going to be picking the brains of Catholic enthusiasts to try and get to the bottom of how to live truly as a Catholic in contemporary times. My name is Dominic Malgeri, and in this episode, we have Thomas Saywell. How's it going, Tom? Jordan, man. It's going well. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. Keeping busy. Like I said, uh, second half of the break now, and it's kind of like we just had a really good break in Raglan, and now it's like we've gone to the peak, and now it's starting to, oh, I'm going back to the real world. You can see the, the coming soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, though this episode's probably going to be released afterwards, uh, we do have the conference this weekend in his name conference, which is uh, it's both exciting, terrifying. Yeah. I'm uh, emceeing a few things, and I've never emceed virtually before. Mm-hmm. I've never done anything virtually before, I don't think. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's like I'm I'm a bit of a technophobe, so <laughs> I've had to get over myself a lot recently. That's good. With all this. It sounds healthy. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. fun as well. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's been it's been good. Uh, so, um, so what have you been up to? Oh man, what have I been up to? Uh, just uh, I feel like at the moment, just normal life. Like, feels like the sort of breaths in between lockdowns this year have been like joyously normal for me. Um, so okay. just a lot of work. Um, and ah, uh, one thing that's quite rough at the moment i'm training for a half marathon which means Ooh. i have to run a lot which i don't enjoy which <laughs> yeah makes it well, makes me think that maybe i shouldn't have signed up for a half marathon yeah that's okay yeah. so went for yeah a long run yesterday and i'm feeling it yeah. today yeah i have to say um I've, I've always wanted to i like the idea of doing a marathon <laughs> and having said i've done a marathon i'd love that idea and part of me you know wants to even do the training uh unfortunately a bigger part of me doesn't yeah <laughs> Yeah, and so I'm. Um, I'm. Ne- I'm never going to do that. I don't think. No, great goal. Uh, I, I yeah. approve. Yeah, yeah. Uh, fitness, is, keeping fit, is a uh, something that's quite important to me. Mm. Um, so I do try and work out on a regular basis. But uh, what do you do for workouts? YouTube videos. I just nice. follow YouTube videos, and because uh, um, over the first lockdown, uh, we had a prayer group on on Zoom every morning. Mm-hmm. And then uh, a couple of people on that were like, hey, um, let's do a virtual boot camp. Sweet. And I did one. And I thought, that's so kick-ass. Let's do it. So we did it for the whole of that lockdown. And then after that, everyone dropped off. And I was like, I, I still, I now know how to do it. I'll just keep doing yeah, it. So I just found YouTube cool. videos and followed them. And yeah, I've kept in shape, I like to think anyway. That's sweet. And, good good uh, work. Oh, one I highly recommend. Not at all Catholic, but a great workout video series. Um, Blogilates, I think it is. Um, uh, yeah yeah so it's like quite active pilates and there's like short videos or longer ones real good um my wife lucy got big into them and and got me doing a few as well it's good i can see your face you're not happy but it is (laughs) it is good i promise you when we were in raglan we saw a uh, pilates class and they were on these um torture machines so that's what they look like anyway (laughs) There's this plank of wood and straps on it, and oh, I was like, "No thanks." Know. We saw them. We saw them using them, and I was like, "It's like just like resistance bands." But yeah, it's, it was funny. Uh, anyway, welcome to the podcast, Tom. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. You've probably heard of us. We've been around for about a month. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're quite famous. Big deal. Now, um, but 
what we usually do, we start the podcast by getting to know the person that we're talking to, and you are Thomas Saywell, and Thomas, uh, how did you come to faith? Are you a cradle Catholic? Are you a convert? Are you none of the above, all of the above? Tell us all about it. I, I like to think of myself as a bit of both. Um, mm. I was, or am, a cradle Catholic, so I was brought up in a mostly Catholic family, so my mom's Catholic. Um, my dad's not, I think he'd quite comfortably call himself an atheist, or perhaps a strong agnostic um, but mum brought us all up catholic and all of us kids were baptized but like growing up it never seemed like a big thing um, beyond just like you go to mass on sunday because you do um, right. i never saw anything more than that so like as soon as i was big enough to fight back i was not going like at all um, oh. so like from age maybe like i don't know eight or ten until i was about 16 it was like nowhere near a church like why would i go there um, but mm. then I had a sort of reconversion. So I sort of, I think I got the best of both worlds. Mm, yeah, I talked a bit about that in my uh, episode with Nish on motherhood. Mm-hmm. And like, she had a similar experience. Like she, I feel like everyone's a convert, really. The, yeah. Rarely is the moment is the person who say, yeah, I was brought up a Catholic and I've been on fire since I was <laughs> baptized when I was a baby. You know, it's kind of Doesn't like, quite happen. it's always, yeah, I rejected it. And I came back when I had this great conversation yep. or I was, you know, lukewarm until that point. Um, but yeah, so you, you come from like a, a mixed family mm-hmm. faith wise in, uh, cause myself, you know, I'm a convert and my, my, my upbringing is vaguely Christian because I'm from England. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my parents' generation are probably the last generation that would call themselves Christian. Yeah. And so there is, there is that essence of Christianity in the air, but like, I didn't believe in God or anything. Uh, what was it like having a mixed uh, family in this sense I think I think for me that was the biggest thing that made me sort of run away from it so hard is that like you know mum would force us to go to church on Sunday morning and then dad would stay at home reading the newspaper in bed and I'd be like wait a minute I know which one mm. I want to do like go and sit in this weird old building or, or stay at home in bed um, yeah so I think it sort of forced me to make that decision earlier maybe um, seeing that which long term I think that she worked out well for me because I haven't just sort of like drifted away from the faith and then chosen to come back. I like really chose to run away from it quite strongly. Um, So I I feel like it was actually a good thing, even though at the time I'm sure uh, my family, my priest did not uh, appreciate it in quite the same way. Yeah. Caused a great lot of anxiety for your poor mum. Oh my gosh. Yep. There was horror stories of um, me punching the priest and, I know, I know yeah so apparently just a minute no, no 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 you you punched a priest yeah yeah only as far as i know only once what do you mean as far as you know well i was young <laughs> you forget stuff when you're young and you blank it out if it's dangerous. no um so from what i understand apparently like mum couldn't get me to go in from the car into church so she went in and told the priest and he came out being like oh i'll help him come in i'll be nice and you know invite him in and I just like refused and was like kicking and punching him so he wouldn't um, take me into church. Uh, but it's okay. He's, he ended up being my spiritual director for eight years. We're good friends now. It, it all worked out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just, I just got just crazy images in my mind. Yeah. Uh, literally drag kicking and screaming, except you won. Um, so like what age was it that you kind of decided to move away from the face? Like I can remember making the clear decision around maybe 10, 11, like, um, which seems quite early now that I think back on it. I can actually remember a time when I went to a Catholic primary school and a mate of mine 
was talking about um, like God and heaven. And I was just like, I just don't think that's real. And I can remember thinking mm. that and being like, no, nah, no. Nah. And then uh, in my mind, it was later the same day, but it was probably weeks later at school. Um, mm-hmm. Asking one of our teachers, like, what's heaven like? And she said, oh, it's just, just the story we tell to make it seem better. Like, it's not actually a place we go to. And I was like, oh, well, I already didn't believe it. Now there's no reason for me to try to understand it at all because it's mm-hmm. fake. Sweet, I'm out. So, Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Was that teacher a Catholic or a catechist at all? Yeah, 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 they were, but that's okay. Oh, fun. Oh, yeah, well, okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, so, and how long were you away from the faith? So, until I was like 15, 16, so I think it was just before my 16th birthday, I went to World Youth Day in Sydney. Um, and weirdly, I was going to World Youth Day, even though I wasn't keen on the faith, Um Mm. I think my mum was probably praying a lot for me <laughs> and, yeah, and yeah. at World Youth Day, I sort of had this yeah. massive conversion. So how, how did you get the ticket to World Youth Day? Uh, so it was through my school. So I went to St. Bede's College, like a Catholic boys school uh, down in yeah. Christchurch. And one of my mates actually was going along and he'd been trying to convince me to come to youth group for ages. And he said, hey, you should come to this World Youth Day. It's like a big holiday away. Thousands of people from around the world, just like school will pay for some of it. I'm like, yeah, sweet, I'll come along. Um, hmm. Little did I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's all those little invitations, isn't it? Exactly. And so it was It was World Youth Day where the conversion, the reversion happened? Yeah, like I think the groundwork was laid before that because in preparation, some of our teachers there had us doing weekly adoration. Um, and without a doubt, I think that, that started the conversion. Like we started off with two minutes and I was like, this is death. What am I doing? I can't handle two minutes. Um, mm-hmm. And then at World Youth Day itself, there was uh, uh, an adoration tent, I think at the final, like the night before the final mass, the vigil night. And I went and spent like an hour in there. And I was like, oh mm-hmm. my gosh, there's something's going on here. <laughs> Um, okay yeah so it was so the 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 adoration at school kind of like softened you uh so then you're able to enter in fully i think so yeah i, I wouldn't have thought that at the time because all i could see was how much i hated it but mm. without a doubt adoration and the eucharist was at the heart of my conversion or reconversion yeah 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 i had a similar experience i guess uh <laughs> i suppose I, I traveled overseas as well i uh i got an opportunity to go to rome on pilgrimage but Sweet. i wasn't christian uh, my friends were going and it was 200, 200 quid for 10 days in Rome, flights and accommodation paid for. I was like, right, yeah. let's do that. Also, there's a girl I fancied, but that's a different story. Um, so, yeah, and I'd never really been to mass before. I think mm. I'd been to mass once before that, thought it was weird that everyone knew. It was like the, the call and response thing freaked me out a yep. bit. <clears throat> and then I was like, right, um went to this thing there was 10 of us there the bishop and our parish priest and uh they had mass every day and i just kind of sat in the back and I, it kind of softened me up to being oh okay it's not so weird mm. you know well, at least i know what's happening what's gonna it's happen familiar in some way yeah and that kind of led to my conversion during during a mass That's awesome. um later that year but yeah yeah i think we do have all those little things that soften us up and i suppose there's a real uh testimony for like that um mission of invitation yeah um definitely. i remember when i was at university i tried that out and i just kept inviting people to mass and there's amazing it was amazed at how many people were like i haven't been to mass since i was 12 mm. and i'm like 
oh, so you're a Catholic. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, it's like, wow, I, I took them to mass. And it's like, it's like, I, cause I'd just converted. So I didn't think anyone was Catholic. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I was just inviting people. It was like, I, you know, my, my line was, it's like, Hey, do you want to come to mass? I was like, Oh, I'm not Christian. I, was like, I didn't ask if you're a Christian. I said, do you want to come to mass? And they're like, Oh, um, maybe next time. Yeah. So, the awkward, like, how do I get out of this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I got so many people going to mass. So cool. Uh, hopefully that, uh, takes time off purgatory mm. uh, who knows <laughs> um so yeah you you had this conversion during adoration at sydney will do it yep. seems that like <laughs> new zealand's catholicism oh, yeah. all comes from 2008 yeah <laughs> i've never been to a world youth theater I, I, I don't know what the experience is like oh uh, yeah it was crazy like even though i was like this sort of awkward socially awkward like young guy i still just found this mm -hmm. amazing experience of community as well which was something i never thought i'd enjoy but it was just like thousands of people from any language you can walk up to them and just say hey and give them a hug and they'd greet you excitedly back like mm. it, just insane just the, the whole experience of being there um mm. was amazing yeah 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 that's cool that's cool angsty teens and you know free hugs were, were yeah exactly. you literally the number of free hug signs like 2008 it was that was all getting real big yeah everywhere yeah oh man yeah i remember that time in life oh yes <laughs> yeah because uh, pre-christianity my kind of pilgrimage was the leeds festival every year in the uk uh that was kind of the place that i went and it was just a place where you forget yourself for five days very different well i mean yeah. similar in a way but, well yeah Instead of going to mass and talk, do you go to rock bands and comedians? Similar. Um, yeah. <laughs> a lot like Hearts of Flame, actually. Now, um, but no, yeah, now you're, you're, are you still on team for Hearts of Flame? Yeah, yeah. So I am, I think I'm the tech, tech guy, tech team. I'm the tech team for Hearts of Flame, which is a bit concerning. Yeah. Um, and also a, a co-director. So I help make sure the team's all running smoothly. Um, yeah, oh, very exciting, absolutely yeah. love it. Uh, can you tell us a bit about Hearts of Flame? Uh, mm. our, the, um, one of the co-founders, Lindsley, of uh, Evangelion, she's a massive advocate of Hearts of Flame. Good. Um, and so, uh, yeah, let's, let's pu pu push it a bit for people that don't know about it. Yeah, well, i got to preface this by saying we've actually just sold out of registrations for this year. So if you're listening to this wow. and think you want to come, um, head to our website, <laughs> come in 2022. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but So Hearts of Flame is a 10-day Catholic summer school for young adults, sort of 18 to 35. Um, we call it a summer school, not because it's like, hey, sit in class, wear a uniform, but because it's focused on forming um, young Catholics into Christ um, through the Eucharist and prayer and uh, a lot of deep you know, sort of theology and philosophy. So mm. there's a couple of hours of lectures each day that you can choose between a bunch of options. There's beautiful liturgy um and then each evening we have sort of a big sort of um night with a dynamic speaker and usually worship of some sort so it sort of tries to capture like the full scope of the church there's nothing that's authentically of the church that you won't be able to find at hearts normally um yeah yeah it's an amazing yeah, yeah. amazing 10 days no yeah i have to say i uh I went to Heart to Flame my first year in the country. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's probably where I met you, actually. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, it was just, it was an amazing experience. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I was like, it was a little piece of, uh, it's a little piece of solace in, in the midst of all the, the chaos of the world. Yeah. Um, 
So now you're a co-director of a Catholic summer school mm-hmm. in New Zealand, and it all happened because of uh, adoration in 20, 2008. Yep. Uh, so when you got back from Sydney, what, what was the the deal? Uh, so I actually remember getting back, and we had like a late flight back. I got back at like 1 a.m., and sitting down and telling my mum I can't go to bed yet. And I wrote an email to my parish priest, the one who I'd punched, um, <laughs> saying like, look, I've had this experience. It's amazing. We need young people in the church. Have you ever considered having young people involved? Like stuff that priests must be like, oh, come on. But like at the time I was so passionate and excited for yeah. something. And he took it really well. And he invited me Good. in. We had a chat and he said, look, do you want to start a youth group? We can support you. Um, and through that, I got involved with our local diocesan youth ministry um, mm-hmm. and started learning some like the leadership skills for camps and events that they were running um, and also became a leader for special character or religion at my school as well um, and instigated a weekly adoration there to keep that going after World Youth Day. So I sort of very quickly jumped from I don't like this to I want to lead stuff just so that others can experience what I have because it seems real good. Mm, that's beautiful. Yeah, that's really amazing. It was cool. And so that got you through school yeah. and you went to university after that? No. Uh, so still don't have a degree here. Um, uh. Don't tell my mum. She's not, not always too pleased to hear that. But after school, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do, but I was looking – I wanted to do something with the faith. Um I was considering maybe youth ministry in my parish, but I got offered a position at the Catholic Discipleship College, which was in Auckland. So it was like a, I describe it as like a one year version of Hearts of Flame, basically like a year of living community and formation and prayer. Um, Mm -hmm. And I thought, I probably won't do that. But by the grace of God, I got offered a um, full scholarship by an anonymous donor. So whoever you are thank you so much i still pray for you um you have transformed my life through that um yeah and so that was my year after high school a year of community life with six others um with three hours in the chapel each day and three hours of lectures on catholic theology um yeah yeah sort of intense trial by fire i showed up yeah and they were like who's prayed a rosary before and everyone except for me put up their hands and i was like what's a rosary Ah, oh, fun. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, what can? What was the result of uh, a year of heart? Uh, a year of heart to flame in the Catholic discipleship college. Uh, so, really, I felt like it set me up because I decided not to do, do youth ministry because I didn't have the skills. So, I felt like after that year, I was ready. So, I did a year of mission team in Christchurch, like a year of full time youth mm-hmm. ministry focused on schools and parishes. Um, and during that whole year, then of actually doing the work after all that formation, I was like, well, what, what's next? I don't want to do next year. I don't want to study yet. Um, and in August of that year, I was helping lead a theology of the body course. And we had the night on vocation um, where, where you get usually a priest to come along and talk about discerning their vocation and how that fits into love for them. Um, and I left that night saying to myself, I'm going to be a priest. All right. How old were you then? So I was 18. 18. Yeah. And could you enter the seminary at that point? Or So actually, yes. Yeah. So that was what, August? And I got accepted into Christchurch at that point, had a pre-seminary, like a year of formation mm-hmm. before you go to the main seminary. And I got accepted into that. So I was, 
I was like, yeah, I was, oh no, no, I was 19. Sorry. When I started that. So, um, mm. 19 going into the seminary. Yeah. 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 Okay, cool. So your, your faith journey has been <clears throat> quite raucous and <laughs> I suppose, I guess my, my something just a wondering that I have is, um, your dad's still agnostic at this point, right? Yep. Uh, what does he think about the whole um, experience of the Eucharist and starting the Eucharistic, uh, leading Eucharistic prayer and all all the things that you've just explained? Yeah. D- difficult to answer exactly. Like um, I've always found surprisingly with a lot of my big decisions, like going to the seminary and going to the discipleship college, he's been usually more supportive um, than my, mum not that she hasn't been at all like she's been amazingly supportive but she's been more concerned about yes but after that what's happening um (laughs) well my dad's always been like hey this is what you're passionate about this is what you love do it um oh wow even though he doesn't believe it he can see the good that it does for me and that it does for others so he's like if this is a thing that you believe is good and it's doing good for you go 100 percent at it um so yeah he hasn't ever been like hey because God's helping you go for it. He's like, because it's good for you. So it's supportive, not always mm. in the way that I sort of understand it. Um, yeah. Mm. And, but getting into those discussions around Eucharist has always been more difficult with, with all of my family, getting into the deeper yeah. stuff is sort of like, how to, how do you start that? Yeah. 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 My, my family don't believe in God either. It's, well, my mum thinks she does, but um, <laughs> It's a whole other, a whole other story. Yeah. Um, I should do a podcast on how to talk to your family about God. Gen- I don't know. I, 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 yeah, I was going to about to ask, like, do you have any keys for me? I... Uh, nope. nope. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. well, I'll have to find an expert and <laughs> just interview them. Um, that's cool. So, yeah, your, your faith has been all over the place. Mm-hmm. You started with uh, going to church, I guess. Basic, I wouldn't say basic level of faith. <laughs> you did what you were told by your parents. Yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, or your mum at least, and then um, the rejection, and then that that through through invitation that that coming mm. back to faith, and then which led to leading. Yeah, I I guess I have a very similar story in that mm-hmm. sense of like being softened up, and then the second I find the faith, all of a sudden I'm in charge of things. I was involved with the Catholic yep. Society, I was running events, I got involved in missionary work and then i moved to the other side of the world long story short became a chaplain you know it was just bah, 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 bah. yeah yeah once uh once your eyes have been opened you can't help but see it everywhere yeah right? and d- did you find as well that it was or well what i found I, I don't want to speak for you but was that because it had been this sudden overwhelming thing in my life i was like well how how can people not be wanting to go whole hog with it like why would i not want to do full-time yeah. mission work or learn everything I could about it. And I mm. couldn't understand people who were like, oh, I'm going to go to uni. Like at the time I was like, you're wrong. You shouldn't. <laughs> I guess kind of, I, I can't really know you with, with the, uh, the attitude is like, oh, I'm a good Catholic. I sit at the back mm. of mass. It's like, why everything's happening at the front. Yeah, get up there. And I, I, I force people. So like, uh, <laughs> I force my friends to sit at the front. Nice. It's like we walk and I did it. I did it casually. I was like, walk in and I'd be the front of the, I'd be walking in before everyone. Yeah, yeah. And so it's kind of like unwritten rule. I decide where we sit. Of course. I just walked up to the front row and sat there. I love it. <laughs> and uh, it was brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. But like, um, it just, it ruffled a few feathers, I think. Good work. <laughs> Not the priest. He loved it. He's like, <laughs> yeah. wow, young people front row. What's going on? Um, but yeah. 
Uh, so yeah, I I I I, I get that um, that zeal that you have. It's mm. beautiful. It's beautiful to hear about. And we kind of um, started touching on it, but like the kind of topic of this conversation is, mm. uh, you were a seminarian, and now you're married. Except for this episode when you've taken your ring off. Yes, yeah, yeah, I had to take my ring off so I didn't hit the microphone. Um, yeah, and no <laughs> longer seminarian, I should say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, just so you know, Lucy, it was, it's so the microphone, yep. that's why he's taking his ring yeah, off. Yeah, I swear. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, so I was. I was a seminarian for three years. Um, so that was a year in the pre-seminary in Christchurch, then two years in Auckland. Um, and yeah, it was it was just an amazing time, like, yeah. So what's the process? You said there's, you said there's a pre-seminary and mm-hmm. you said when you were 18, you decided after listening to the theology body talk on vocations, you're mm-hmm. like, I want to be a seminarian. Well, I want to be a priest, I imagine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I don't, I want to, I want to, <laughs> well, I guess I wanted to say I'm priest, so that's what seminarian is. Um, I want to enter the seminary. Um, what was the next step for mm-hmm. you? Just before the next step, one thing I do want to point out that it's like sort of key to my whole discernment around entering and leaving was like, for me, the discernment wasn't, or the, the thing wasn't, I want to discern priesthood. For me, it was, I want, I'm going to be a priest. I want to be a priest, which was like mm-hmm. awesome and exciting and fit in with all that zeal that you heard me mm-hmm. talk about, mm-hmm. but also was like a little key to my discernment to leave as well was this whole idea of like, I was there, I was so in the future and being a priest moment. That I perhaps mm. wasn't enough in the discernment space, but anyway, we'll, we'll get there. But I just wanted to fit that in at the start as well. Um, no, that's, that's a very good distinction to make. Yeah. <coughs> um, but yeah, so after sort of I made that decision, and I spoke to my um, chaplain on the mission team that I was on, and sort of said, "What do I do?" And he was like, "Well, I'm the vocations director, so you talk to me." Um, so oh, cool. started meeting with him sort of once a month, and just talking about my spiritual life and things. And then he gave me some forms to fill out. Um, and some of it was real basic, like what's your name, your date of birth. Um, but then you also need to get like referees to be like, is this person of good standing? What are their struggles and their joys? And what's their spiritual life like? Um, and also had to see a psychologist. Um, and, and everyone has to, I've been assured of that, not just me. Um, <laughs> they, yeah, so I had to have sort of a, multiple meetings with a psychologist who evaluates you and not so much your spiritual side and discernment, but more just your state of mind. And are you actually in a healthy place? And are there things that are under the surface that could impact any potential ministry as a priest? Um, so yeah, it was really comprehensive. Yeah. Oh, wow. Mm. So that, that happened how, how far after talking to your vocation director? Oh, so this was all over about four months time. So sort of by November, December that year, I'd gone through all that rigmarole or most of it, mm. um, and spoken to people and had the psychologist meetings and then was basically just waiting to hear back from the vocations board mm. of do they think I'm appropriate. Um, mm. Yeah. And I guess um, thinking about thinking about your experience mm. and the fact that you didn't, you did enter the seminary and it all happened so quickly. Mm. You know, it seemed like, that that for me, and I guess for many other people, it's like this is definitely what God wants me to do. It's just happening, yeah. you know. Yeah. You know, I, I just I just stepped forward. I asked this person. That form filled out. This was accepted. Next thing I know, I'm there. It's like this must be a God thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, 
what the heck happened? <laughs> it's like, it's like, no, it's like, but also like, I guess my initial question, what I was thinking is like, it's like, do you, how do you think this all fits in? Mm. Cause now you're, you're the opposite of what you thought you were going to be. Yeah. Uh, do you think it was, you know, a waste of time? Do you think it was necessary for your development? Um, and then, yeah, so many questions. We'll start with those ones. <laughs> yeah, cool. <laughs> there was no, there's no way that it was a waste of time. Um, like there's been, no better formation I've had for now being a husband and loving my wife and um all husbands should enter the seminary yeah, also well, you were psychologically tested so you know so she knows, knows I'm all good yeah I mean she hasn't seen the report but uh no. <laughs> and you making sure that yeah yeah definitely it's locked up um but no like it set me up in so many ways that I'm still discovering like um having what three years of first of all living intentionally celibate in a different way to what it is when you're single can't find a girlfriend <laughs> yeah <laughs> basically put yeah like it, it's quite a different thing of i'm choosing this and i'm sort of assuming i'm choosing this for the rest of my life um right and so then the fact of like when you then meet someone like recognizing in myself like hey i do sort of like them but then feeling this freedom of but i don't believe i'm called to love them in that way so i can just love mm. them I actually felt more free to love them in a different way, if that makes sense. Mm. And so like, a, which is now a similar sort of thing to being in marriage. It's like, I don't know, I need to worry if I fall head over heels in love with someone random on the street because I know I'm not meant to love them in that way. And so there's this mm. freedom of, oh, cool, I don't need to worry about that. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. So that's just one small aspect. But yeah, in so many ways, it, there was nothing wasted. I got to study theology. I got to live with awesome young guys who were passionate about their faith. It was it was a great three years. Yeah. Mm. What was the other question? Um, <laughs> Do you remember? remember. Yeah. So many. Well, as you talk, I'm just, I'm just hearing what you're saying and mm. I'm thinking of more. Um, so yeah, it wasn't, it, it wasn't, you'd, you'd recommend that like most men go into the seminary first before doing anything else. I think no. every, no, <laughs> like the thing is though, I, I think there is sort of this idea, which, Catholics have and which I think I've been guilty of as well is like if I'm going to be a priest I'm going if I'm no if I'm in the seminary it's because I'm going to be a priest and mm. if I'm dating someone it's because I'm going to marry them but actually I think we do need to chill a lot more and be like I'm in the seminary because I'm discerning this and I'm dating someone because I'm discerning that um I know my tendency has been to make it too much of like a locked in thing when actually it's not yet so, mm. yeah just checking yeah. it out is good yeah so this has actually formed your uh attitude on discernment yeah oh yeah yeah so i guess like if you were talking to somebody who was thinking about the priesthood mm -hmm. you know what what would you say to them don't no um <laughs> <laughs> especially now yeah uh no so i i suppose so what they're like someone who's wondering whether it's for them and should they apply for the seminary sort of level? Um, yeah, I guess or, maybe someone that's got a similar zeal to you is kind of like, mm. mate, I'm going to go be a priest. Where's the seminary? Yeah. Or like, you know, or I'm thinking about being a priest. Uh, I'm thinking about entering the seminary or what, something along those lines. Yeah, I think I just want to encourage in them that excitement. Like even though I know I got in hindsight, a bit too locked in. I still think that excitement for it is such a good, healthy thing. It's like when you first start dating someone or thinking you might even ask someone out. It's so exciting just to see it coming. 
Um, mm. And I think that's a really good thing for guys to have about the seminary as well. Like just to be excited about what that could be, even if it doesn't end up happening and you decide that's not for you. Like how exciting is it to think that that could be you um, offering your life in that way. And even just living for six and a half years, which with a bunch of young Catholic guys who are committed to their faith. Like, yeah, I'd want to encourage them in that. Um, and really, I think for me, uh, I'd want to tell them to take it to adoration. Like it's been so key in my life and all my discernment mm-hmm. that take that excitement with you to adoration um, and all the other things that are going on as well, all the other concerns and hopes and anything. Um, and don't take it and be like, give me an answer right now. But as you sit there for your hour once a week or your 10 minutes once a day, or whatever it is, see what happens with those um, hopes and that excitement and those worries. Mm. Um, yeah. J- just see what the Lord does with them in his time. I, I think it's really easy for us to make discernment all about what we do and, and look, if it is, then I've been doing it wrong for the last year or two. <laughs> That's bad news for Lucy. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I think you know, you know, discernment is—it's uh, a conversation with God, so mm. it's going to look different for everyone. I mean, there's definitely key principles as we got with um, Saint Ignatius. He's got a big load of stuff on discernment, yeah. and yeah, it's one of those things you just work out as you go along. Mm. Um, well, that's what I've, I've been doing. Yeah, good call. So, so um, something as well that I think um, I've always found good and more often through not doing it, I've recognized how good it is, is um, talking with people I trust and asking them to really give me their thoughts on it and not just encourage me in my thoughts on it, if that makes mm. sense. Um, yeah, yeah. Like the we're in community, like we are the body of Christ and so often, and the body will have a reaction if the finger's broken sometimes the whole body will be out of whack um, mm. and vice versa if the hand is feeling great then the whole body can work a lot better so the community around you will often have a lot to say yeah yeah and i think yeah often people can see things in you a lot sooner than uh, you can see them in yourself yeah especially people that are close to you yeah um i think yeah community is really important in all decisions you make so um, I guess, what was it like in seminary? What was seminary like for you? Yeah, for the most part, it was awesome. I really enjoyed the lifestyle. It was pretty similar to the discipleship college that I'd had. Um, my year in pre-seminary, I was actually in that on my own. So there was no other guys in my pre-seminary. Yes, there was a bit of a hard year being by myself um, with obviously the, the priests who I was being formed by and all sorts. But there was a bit of a solitary year. But then being in the main seminary in Auckland with what, there was like 28 of us there at the time um, was just a lot of fun. Like as with the church, you get the full spectrum of personalities and theological opinions and all of that. Um, but it's just good, solid, like authentic, real Catholicism. Just people who want mm. to debate stuff and disagree and pray together and all of that. Mm. Yeah. So did it meet your expectations of what seminary would be like? No, I don't think it did. I, I had an idea that seminary would be far more structured. Like, again, more like the discipleship college I'd done, where it was sort of like a bit more routine to it. Um, the seminary had routine, but so much of it was like, well, you're probably going to need to study. That's it. 
And so it's like, oh, I have to be an adult and work out how to do things myself? No. Um, so yeah, I, I did think there'd be more of that. And I had, I think also hoped there'd be more of a like rigorous um, like path of here's how you should be praying and here's what should be going on. Um, but in hindsight, now looking back, I realize that for the most part, because it's a nationwide seminary, it can't take on any of the unique flavors that each of our dioceses has. So it can't be too singular in the way it does things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, right. Okay. Because it's like one diocese to rule them all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Essentially. <laughs> uh, yeah. And so, because um, like, yeah, I mean, imagine like living with 28 other guys that are mm-hmm. discerning is a pretty intense experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um would you care to share a bit about like what, what, what it was like? And I guess like, uh, on a guy to guy level, like, uh, cause I suppose you've got your formators and your mm-hmm. lectures and that's much more, that's very much like university. You've yeah. like, okay, go to lectures, do your assignments. Uh, and Isaac was talking, um, in the last episode about, um, kind of like the, the extra element, which is like the formation where you have a spiritual director that mm-hmm. kind of puts you to task in on, your attitudes and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what was that like for you? But also what was it like, you know, just being in that environment? Mm. So actually like the, the brother to brother aspect of it was, um, yeah, amazing. Like there was always people you don't get on with people you do like, you know, we're human. Um, even in the seminary, we're still surprisingly human. Uh, but actually, yeah, it was, there was a real strong, <laughs> I don't know if it's good or bad, but it felt like there was a real strong culture of us and them, not in a like, we need to fight it out way, but there was a very strong, like, no, no, we're the seminarians. And so we think it should happen this way. And the staff would be like, we're the staff and we get to choose. <laughs> <laughs> but actually like, even though at the time it seemed really annoying having those conflicts, us guys actually being able to almost have that conflict together, um, be mm. like, no, we don't think this is right. And we think this should happen was awesome to be able to be alongside your brothers who yeah. you know annoy you and pray with you and all that stuff in those real unique community battles um was cool yeah yeah um the other side of the things having someone who was like being like hey you need to focus on this and here's what's coming next for you and i've noticed this going on and sometimes it, like your spiritual director would say in your spiritual life here's what's going on but you'd also have like human formation which was more like um Hey, I notice you never show up to breakfast. Um, what's with that? Are you staying up too late? Or what's with that? Um, I personally really enjoyed that a lot of the time. Um, I'm someone who likes critique, possibly too much. Um, <laughs> I, I often I'm a bit overcritical. So I really liked hearing like, hey, you're not doing well. I'm like, oh, well, I'll do better. Sweet. Um, I didn't always end up doing better because I'm no. self-critical and lazy. It's a perfect combination. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I found that really cool. And like admittedly it was also the source of most of the guys complaints and our sort of battles in there was around that stuff as well. But um, yeah, it was like at the time so hard, but now looking back, I'm like, Oh, that was actually some of the stuff I enjoyed most came from those difficult things. Mm, yeah. 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 Through yeah. adversity and all that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, yeah. Cause I think, yeah, in my own life, like the most formative experiences I've had have been just like absolutely, punch to the gut you know it's like mm. leaving the uk 
uh, well, actually, just leaving Lancashire, where I grew up, to go to yeah. Wales, where I studied religious studies, then going to London, like all these things were like breaking down walls. It's um, have you ever read Narnia? Yeah, big fan. Yeah, so there's that scene where um, oh, what's the name of the guy that turns into a dragon? It's like Edmund or something like that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and he basically, he's peeling away the skin, and I feel like it's like those things were like tearing that apart. Oh, it's yeah. really painful, like leaving. The thing, everything I knew, and going to Wales, and then going, to, like, if you know anything about a north-south divide in the UK, going to London's kind of like going to the side of the world. Yep. You know, you think New Zealand's far? You should travel <laughs> from Lancashire to London, uh, <laughs> and then and then moving to New Zealand, and yeah. it's just getting further and further away from everything that was comfortable. Oh, man. And it was, and then it was like, ah, it's all just me now. Yeah, you know, I've got no one to lay back on, no one to be like, ah, oh, it's okay, they'll sort it out. It's just me. And I've always found that, well, me and God, you know, entering into marriage, mm. becoming a father, starting a new job, getting a degree, this, that, the other, just like, it's like, no, you've got to, this is, this is something you've got to do. Yeah. And it's on you. You know, if you don't, if you don't succeed in this, you didn't succeed in this, yeah. you know, kind of thing. And that like, as painful as that is, it's like. I've I've come to learn to love it. It's kind of like wow, this is this is an opportunity for me to suffer. Yeah. But in order to become great for the kingdom, kind of yep. thing. Um. But yeah. So would you say it's like that kind of experience? Definitely. Yeah. And I also don't want to make it sound like it was all like downer and struggle either. Like, um. You know, some of the highlights of the time in there as well was, you know, a bunch of us guys sitting up late at night, and one of them would make like random cocktails of just like far too many spirits, and we'd sit up playing. Call of Duty Modern Warfare for hours, like yelling until the guys next door came and told us to shut up. Like there was a lot of like normal living with a bunch of young guys stuff too. And um, yeah. yeah, you're painting two very different pictures there. Yeah, it was all in there <laughs> together. It was mad. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. a good sort of mad. Yeah, that's great. That's great. <laughs> and so you did. You had two years of that, and mm-hmm. uh, it, it it was it like you know, is it in Proverbs that it says you know. Iron sharpens iron and men need to be basically have the crap beaten out of them to forge one another. Was it, was it much, was, there was a lot of that that happened in those two years. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, not consciously for me, like I know for some of the other guys I was in with some who have gone to priesthood, some who haven't, a lot of them perhaps recognized that more and sort of like took it in their stride for me at the time. I didn't really notice all that sharpening going on. Um, mm. But it's more when once I've left, I'm now realizing all these things that I'm like, Oh, that went on in there. And that's how I got to here. Like that's so cool. Even just a familiarity with different styles of prayer was something that the seminary taught me and so much of the theology training and then the way of living with guys who you don't get on with who maybe mm. even, even though you're in the seminary, have quite different theological ideas to you. Um, mm-hmm. And learning from that conflict how to grow um, and, and how you can actually share things better has been awesome. That's really cool. And so was it uh, partway through your second year mm-hmm. that you were kind of like, oh, no, I'm not going to be a priest? <laughs> sort of. Um, this is where a girl comes on the scene. Um, oh yeah it's always a woman it's always it's, it's how i became a catholic it's how you stop becoming a priest what yeah oh wait um so this is like i've been doing a bit more youth ministry again over the last few years and um 
I was lately, I was recently talking to a, like a small group and I was like, you know, so I was in the seminary, but then I left and now I'm married and like, oh, why'd you leave? Like, oh, there's this girl that like, it's your wife. I'm like, no, it wasn't. Um, <laughs> but oh, no. sort of in that about halfway through that second year, I fell head over heels for this girl and realized she felt the same about me. And at first I was like, great, well, we're just going to go and get married. It'll be awesome. Um, but then like my formation stuff and everyone was like, Hey, have you discerned this? Have you actually thought about this? Have you prayed about this? Mm. And I was like, Oh, I suppose I should. So I, <laughs> as best as I could while in the midst of being head over heels, prayed through and discerned all of that. And what really strongly came to the surface was that recognition that like, though I'd loved, I loved the idea of being a priest. Um, like I'd entered with the vision in my mind of like Tom as priest. And I was living as Tom as priest in the future. Like, so I'd never really spent all that, you know, two and a half years um, as Tom as seminarian discerning priesthood. I'd spent mm. it as Tom getting ready for when he's finally going to be a priest, which like, I think maybe for some guys would be fine. And as like a, um, as a sometimes thing, is part of any discernment and any sort of big life decisions. But realizing that for two and a half years, I'd been not questioning and never asking, am I meant to be here? Mm. Um, suddenly made me realize, oh, not only have I not had the right perspective here, but now that I'm asking that, I'm realizing there's another way I could live and love that's not less fulfilling. Mm. And I'd never considered that, which sounds real silly. Because I was teaching theology of the body and doing all sorts, but I'd never considered that marriage and not being a priest could be as fulfilling for me as loving and living as a priest. Mm. Um, so yeah, realizing that was was hard. Yeah, I was going to say it's like I imagine that would be quite it would shake you quite a bit. Mm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, thankfully like the some of the formation staff um were able to recognize that and um help me with that discernment as much as they could i still wasn't all that open to it because so i was like i'm realizing this so i must have to get married immediately and they were like or maybe you just leave the seminary and don't get married immediately what do you yeah, think yeah, yeah. <laughs> um yeah yeah so it, it was pretty shaky and it um yeah i think it made me want to attach really quickly to some other big decision to feel safe again. Right. Yeah. 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 And so, yeah, you kind of been, cause it is, again, it's interesting. The idea of like everything happens so smoothly and so quickly. This is definitely mm -hmm. of God. Yeah. But then also this is actually something I'm hiding behind to not actually, yes. you know, get to the grips of it. It's kind of so like, so it wasn't of God. <laughs> you know, God <laughs> didn't want me to be a priest. Yeah. And yeah, that's the weird thing is that like, did God want me to be a priest? I mm. like in a certain sense, that's us trying to like limit God into like the way we see time. Cause like, you know, the whole idea of actually what was happening 10 years ago is as present to him as now. So mm. though it's not that it was all fake, but also he knows that I'm, a husband so like mm. I, i'm not going to yeah i've 
often got myself in a circle trying to work out what I meant to be. Did I do it wrong? Did I mess up? Did God mess up? No, he can't. It's like, <laughs> maybe I should just trust him in the here and now and not worry about, you know, being the Tom in the future or what the Tom in the past did. Yeah. 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 How long did it take you? Like, so like you were like, 100% priest, 100% married, actually maybe not. Um, so like, what was that process like? I mean, I just, like, I couldn't imagine being as certain about marrying Jess as I was and then being, actually, no, I think it's seminary. Mm-hmm. I just need to marry Jess to, I don't know, get to New Zealand to join the seminary in Auckland. I don't yeah. know, because yeah. that's what God wanted me. I don't know. So it's like, how, like, because it's, it's so, it sounds like it for you, it was such a part of your identity mm. yep. that it's kind of like, and then you, 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 your initial reaction was just the switch flipped. Yeah. I'm head over heels. All that stuff I said before about I could love someone in the street and it's not a problem because I'm going to be a priest <laughs> out the window. And yep. she likes me too. Do you think it was the fact that you found out she liked you too that it was kind of like, oh, threw everything out the window, <laughs> you know? Yep. Yeah. yeah. I think that was a big part of it. Um, and I th- think... The male mind, huh? Oh, <laughs> man, we're weak and silly. <laughs> I just say, if anyone's listening and you don't know that, you should yeah, work yeah, it out. Right. Um, <laughs> but I think as well, like, you know, with all that zeal I was talking about, and I was always big on like doing big things for God. So the idea that he had brought me into seminary to get me formed so I could suddenly make this decision, instantly get married, and then start this international ministry was like, that's the big thing for God that I can do. So it was like, I'd sort of trained myself to expect that God would only work in really radical, decisive ways. Because that was yeah, why yeah. I started entering. And now it was going to be why I was leaving because no other reason why I'd leave, of course. <laughs> no, I, I, I relate to that hardcore. Because like, <laughs> I, 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 I moved to Wales, converted to Catholicism, moved to London, met Jess, moved to New Zealand. I was like, where's next? America, Australia, yep. I'm ready. Let's do this. And he's like, Puka Koei. <laughs> like, like, Wait what? a minute. <laughs> <laughs> and you're going to work as a laborer. But that's not for Jesus. It will be. Yeah. Uh, you know. Amen. Uh, and the, yeah, it's a real like I, that that hearts of flame that I went to uh, when I first uh, came to the country. Mm-hmm. It was it was very much of just grow where you're planted. This is where you are, I mean, hmm. and it was like ah, oh, I just need to be here. Oh man, okay, cool, I'll do that. And that's led to everything that's happened so far. But like yeah, there was very much that you know. I found that per se, and I don't know if this is just another guy thing, but like when it comes to a big decision, moving country, marrying a woman, I can do that. Yeah. You know, tell me what to wear in the morning. (laughs) I literally have, I have two pairs of trousers three times, (laughs) three pairs of uh, like chinos. Yep. Two pairs of jeans, two pairs of combat trousers. Boom. And it's like, I just have three pairs of trousers, but I have six to nine pairs of yeah. those trousers. Um, but like, yeah, when it comes to small decisions, I can't do, but you know, so like I was, I was all up for the big decisions mm. and I felt like God put me in these points where it's like, um, go really fast, stop, yeah. go really fast, stop. And like, I, I went really fast and got to New Zealand and then he was like, stop. Yeah. And I stopped for seven years and then he said, right. Ne- well, I st- yeah, I got married, stopped for seven years, and then nothing. Mm. Working in chaplaincy, everything was settling, the dust was settling, and then he was like, okay, 
do a nursing degree, have a baby, buy a house. <laughs> ah, <laughs> can, can we stop again? Yeah, uh, yeah pretty much. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I feel like it comes in, but well, for me, it has. Yeah. Um, is that something you can relate to as well? Yeah, most definitely. Um, mm. And it's something I've started to recognize that, like, um, I need to, when I'm in some of those stop times, to actually, like, be okay with being there, like, relax into it, because otherwise I mm. sort of sit there in the stop time, like, but I should be going. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I was very like, much like that. Yeah. But, like, the, the stop times and the in-betweens, well, they're not really in-betweens. They're actually often where the fruit has actually come from for me um yeah been so so important um, yeah retrospect is 2020 eh? oh amen yeah um but yeah i i think um it's 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 a, it's a blessing you know it's it's one of the i was talking in many of the podcasts like Teresa Vazier mm. she's like just such a i discovered her a couple of years back and she's like she's like my patron it's kind of like all the small things mm-hmm. is just that's all you have yeah. to do. Yep. You are nothing, you know, yeah. you are dust and you shall return yeah. to dust. Remember that and just be dust, be the best dust you can be, yeah. you know, yep. get on the highest shelf and just stay there. I don't know what dust does. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that sounds pretty uh, good. Yeah, I, well, think, yeah, I think her idea of the little flower is probably a bit better than dust. But yeah. yeah, similar. But I find that's the thing, like, again, I get the sense talking with other young Catholic guys. This is a bit more of a guy thing maybe than it is for women, but I could be wrong there. The idea of like, oh yeah, I'll suffer in a big way. Like put me to martyrdom. Sure. You know, make me (laughs) have to, you know, run a hundred kilometers to save someone. Sure. But, oh, get up for a hundred mornings, 10 minutes earlier so that I can, you know, make my wife breakfast. Yeah, yeah. Oh, hold up. That sounds hard. It's like <laughs> yeah. the, the small things that aren't recognized yeah, yeah. Um, and have to be consistent. They're the things that I really struggle to actually do. But they're more important. Yeah. They, they add up to so much more. Oh, man. Yeah, it is. It's just a, it's such a, like, yeah, marriage has taught me that, like, hardcore. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's so beautiful. And, uh, yeah, I just, it's, it's, it's got me to love like but but boring stuff yeah. which I, you know then i find exciting you know mm. vacuuming yeah uh, doing the dishes yeah <laughs> like it sounds real silly but like i love when like my wife's a doctor so she works insanely hard and when she's got like a long day so she's working like a 16 hour shift um and when i know that i've got like the house tidy for her to get home not so that she can be like oh well done you're amazing but so then i know she can walk in and relax in it it's like mm. It's like some of the most consoling, like, blessed times of my life. That, yeah, that yeah. feeling of knowing that she can now be at peace because I did a little bit of extra work. It's like, oh, yeah, okay. yeah. yeah, this is why it's, it's worth al- it. It's almost like, please don't notice. Yeah. I'd yeah, rather yeah. you didn't. Yeah, just <laughs> relax into it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, you've, yeah, again, we've gone <laughs> so far. Uh, you're now in this beautiful married relationship, but mm-hmm. you were, you didn't start there. You started <laughs> and you, <laughs> what was that ruckus like? Just like the realization I'm not going to become a priest. Yeah. And then, Oh, I'm definitely going to marry. Oh, I'm not going to marry somebody. <laughs> you know, oh. it's like, what was that turmoil? Like how long did it last? And how did you settle into it? How did you, how did you survive after leaving seminary? Yeah, it was rough. I mean, initially I think because I just jumped straight into this full on relationship where we were talking about marriage and talking about the future so much, I sort of didn't, get out of that mindset um 
so initially I could sort of ignore having left the seminary because I was so focused on these other things. I was planning an international ministry. Um, but I thank the Lord. I had some really good Catholic friends um, speak to me and say, Hey Tom, we've recognized these things. And the best thing was they spoke to me in the way that I thought so they weren't like, Hey, it's a bad reason because X, Y, Z. Mm-hmm. Because I was thinking about this is what God's called me to. But then someone sat me down and said, Hey Tom, actually, God works in this way. And I was like, Oh, so actually they spoke to me like in the way that I was thinking and were able to yeah, help yeah, me yeah. see things in that way. So once then I was able to move out of that sort of unhealthy relationship, I was sort of at wit's end for a bit. Um like I I was doing okay. Like I got a job working in youth ministry um but i didn't know where my identity was because it had been mm. like you said before in the seminary um so one of the most helpful things that i did with it, my parents actually encouraged me to do, i went to um counseling for maybe six months after i'd left the seminary um and that was awesome just being able to actually work out how my thinking was going and how that was influencing me was massive. Um, so I think that was a big thing. And I also got really strongly rooted into a good Catholic community of friends. So um, even though I maybe didn't know where I was at, I was surrounded by people who were praying and laughing and living their faith well. Um, so I could just be me without him to know exactly where I was going. Um, yeah, I think those were the two big things, the counseling mm. and the community around me. Mm. And so like, um, so I guess like how long was it till you met Lucy? And then what was that process like? I mean, were you, did you have a period of you finished the counseling and you were just like, wow, I'm just, I'm just Tom Saywell. I'm mm. not Tom Saywell, the priest, the seminarian, the engaged guy, the dating guy. I'm just Tom. Did you have a period yeah. of that? Yeah, I did. Like, <clears throat> it's a bit awkward because so for... I don't know, maybe six months or so, or maybe even longer before Lucy and I um, <clears throat> started dating, all of our friends were like, so you guys are dating, right? We're like, no, 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 we're not. They're like, yeah, but you are we're like, no, no, no. Um, so it was at the start of the year after I'd left the seminary. So sort of at the same time that I was leaving that relationship was when I met Lucy, who I already actually knew through youth ministry. Um mm-hmm. I'd just come back to the city from seminary. She'd just come back from studying and we were both like, let's go to every Catholic event that's on. Um, and so we ended up just always going together and she didn't have a car. So I'd often drop her off afterwards. Um, Convenient. Yeah. 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 Great. Uh, and by the way, if a girl you like doesn't know how to drive, uh, drive her places. Um, and then actually I, I started teaching her how to drive um, along oh, with yeah. a few other mates. So um, it was sort of, yeah, over, like eight months or 10 months of that year, we just became really good, solid friends. And probably sometimes weekly, often monthly, we're like, hey, is this more than friendship? And we're both like, we don't want it to be, and we don't think it is, but we'll be careful because we don't want that to happen at all. Um, uh, so she didn't even want to date you? No, I forced her into it, really. <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah, there were, there were many times, often by me starting of like, is this more of a thing than we think it is? And she'd be like, yeah. not for me. I'd be like, yeah, I don't think it is for me either. Um, yeah, yeah. And so what, what were you, how were you feeling in that time? Like, 
so you were hanging out with this girl and there was this question, but like, where were you like, I don't know, spiritually, mentally, mm. you know, where, where was like your identity at that time? I think by like midway through that year, I got to a real solid, comfortable place of, Oh, awesome. I'm just a son of the father. Like I'm just mm. a child of God. Um, which I know sounds cliched, but mm. uh, I was living in like a little Catholic flat basically and uh, a couple of my mates there like we just were really celebrating the fact that we were just children of god who could just relax in that um and i really stopped planning ahead which again i can hear my mum sort of cringing as i say that but i stopped trying to work out what was coming next um mm-hmm. which was a big thing for me because even though i haven't always made good plans for the future i've always had an idea of what it would be but by about right. midway through that year, I was like, no, right now I'm the guy who has no qualifications, works in youth ministry and lives in this Catholic flat and helps make sure that people are praying each day. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I was just really happy in that. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. yeah it was like my time at the chaplaincy of like, you know, <clears throat> just, I was like, I'm here. This is me. I'm mm. done. This is my, going to be the rest of my life. Yep. And, uh, but at the end of every year, it was like, okay, do I carry on next year? Mm -hmm. And I even applied for a job once and through the grace of God, it didn't happen. Um, yeah, it was weird. I got through to the second interview and then all of a sudden the guys, he's like, actually, we're going to change the job specs (laughs) to something ridiculous. I was like, well, no, I'm I'm not going to do that. Yeah. (laughs) What are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) And then a guy I knew got the job, but then he changed it change the job specs again <laughs> to something that was better than what it was before i'm like oh okay <laughs> i guess i wasn't supposed to get that job yeah. but um Funny. but yeah it is one of those things just like just that ability to just be there mm-hmm. you know grow where you're planted and yeah. just like let that let your your roots spread out and find a firm foundation mm. um yeah and so you you managed to find that in this but you managed to find it through community yeah yeah definitely it was through community um had a really great flat of young catholics and we were praying together each day and um particularly one good mate glenn brennan who possibly some of the listeners will know um good mate of mine who we just pray together we shared a room and we just often stay up for hours at night just just like lying there being like man isn't the lord awesome yeah the lord's great like yeah yeah like it sounds real silly but it was just this time of being like, cool, we don't need to know what's happening. Um, mm. And funnily enough, then jumping forward a bit to when I sort of realized, oh, shoot, I do have feelings for Lucy. Um, the thing that held me back initially from asking her out was the sudden fear of the future of like, but I haven't been planning the future. And what if I can't provide for her? And what if things go wrong? And then the Lord came in and was like, yo, you've been happy trusting me can you keep mm. trusting me I was like, oh yeah i can oh wow mm. okay so this is really like this uh this is really a journey of um learning to listen to god i guess because you yeah. started out rejecting god mm-hmm. <laughs> and then your friend through invitation got you in front of the eucharist yep. which led you to your conversion in sydney which led you to Try listening to God on your terms, I guess. Mm. Mm-hmm. I'll do CDC. Okay, this is the thing I'm doing now. 
and then I'll do this thing. I'll do the heck out of it. And God was like, yeah, okay, go for it. See what happens. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you'll find out. And then you just have this beautiful, it's a beautiful journey really for you. Thanks for sharing it with us. And like getting to this point where it's like, all I wanted you to do is just to be right here. Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to be Completely. right here where you could just listen to me mm. and then just stay there in yep. everything you do. Yeah. And it's something which I've always got to work out carefully how I say this of like, you know, if if the day before I married Lucy, something had changed, I wasn't able to. I would have been like gutted, but also felt like, or hoped like I could have been in a place of like, okay, Lord, well, I'll I suppose I'll trust you in this. Like, mm. it, I was for the first time in my life with big decisions, not like it has to happen this way or I've failed. It was like, mm. I really feel like this is what's going to happen, what's meant to happen. And if it doesn't, then hey, Lord, you're gonna have something, and that's okay. Mm. Wow! But but I'm glad it did happen. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Again, just for just for Lucy when she's listening. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that's really cool. And so, like, yeah, you've you've how how are you listening to God nowadays? Uh, with difficulty at the moment, to be honest. Um, I've. I found like married life has thrown all that into disarray. Like when I was single or living by myself, at least I could just set up my own routine in life. Um, this year has been a real struggle because I've been married just over a year now of like working out now, how do I listen to God in the midst of this whole new setup? Um, mm. What I've lately found really good is just having each day, just doing some simple Lexio Divina um, and again, trying not to place any expectations on it of like, oh, I didn't get anything good from that. Or I have nothing to journal. Just being like, hey, Lord, I tried to give you 10, 15 mm. minutes. Um, isn't that nice? Mm. So having to trust that he's shaping and forming me without me getting these big bursts of do this next. Um, that's, that's the listing I'm doing at the moment. And it's mm. way harder than what I used to get of the big breakthrough, Tom, go here. Um, mm. but so far, man, it's awesome. Like my life is so much more than I dreamt it would ever be right now. Like it may not look it to outsiders, but I don't care. Uh, like the, the joy I have and the things I get to be doing, are mm. way beyond what I expected. Mm. Um, yeah. So j just listening without having to like expect his big voice. That's beautiful. And I suppose like, I know, there's lots of the attitude of people and maybe you had this before mm. you got to this point in your journey of like the idea of leaving seminary as a failure. And you mm -hmm. mentioned the idea of failure. My life has to go this way. Otherwise I failed. Yeah. Um, you know, I guess like, you know, what is your attitude on failure now? Has that, has that, has that changed? is the old you still saying, Oh, you did fail seminary and you having to deal with that. Or like, are you learning to embrace failure in a new way? Yeah. I'd definitely say I'm, I'd emphasize the learning. I'm learning to embrace failure in a new way. <clears throat> Looking back on things like my time in the seminary, um, there's definitely no sense of failure there. Um, I've found that with the big things that have gone on, even with some of the things that I know have been, bad like the things in my life that i really regret um 
there's like a recognition of failure and those things where it's needed, but there's not this sort of attitude or attach my identity to that failure anymore. Um, mm. I know I still struggle with it in the small things. Like I, yeah, have difficulty overcoming failure and like, you know, tasks today at work. But actually when I look at my relationship with God and my failure in who he wants me to be, there's none, which, yeah, thanks for asking that. I've actually never realized that, that um, I've completely got out of that mindset. Um, mm. Yeah. Thank the Lord. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, man. It's been such an amazing story. Thanks for sharing it with us. Um, I think we'll leave it there because it's one of the things of like, we'll just go on forever otherwise. Yeah. Uh, and yes. we, we're well past the hour, hour <laughs> mark now. Uh, but thank you for joining us on uh, this Curiously Catholic adventure. And for all those listening, thank you for listening. And if you do like um, do you like what we're doing here on Curiously Catholic, please do subscribe and rate us and leave a comment because that really does help our mission. The more positive reviews we get, the bigger we get, the more we can do. Also, uh, please do click onto our website evangelion.co.nz and find out what the bigger mission of curiously catholic and evangelion is so that we can spread the gospel of uh, god's word throughout the whole nation of new zealand uh thank you for listening and god bless